Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Time Out Podcast with Christian Pettigas and Jack Brigamini. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing great today, CP. Um, a lot of exciting stuff in the NBA world that we're going to talk about today. I mean, the draft is in only in four days on the 18th. Um, start of the start of free agency is the 20th in six days. And the new season, it starts December 22nd. That's only about six weeks from now. It's, it's crazy. It seems like we just finished talking about the previous season. Now we already got a new season on our hands. Exactly. I remember when they announced the NBA bubble around June or July, and we did a podcast then. We were talking about all this great sports happening, like the NBA finals, the NFL, college football, golf, the Masters this weekend. And now basketball is just restarting back around. It's really, it's a kind of Christmas came early for NBA and basketball fans. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I, I really, I still really can't believe it's coming back. It, just, it really just seems like the Lakers just won the finals and we're still like process in the process of processing that it's, it's really crazy. Do you, do you think they, they brought it back too early or is this, or is this just another positive? I don't know if there was a correct answer in this scenario. Like I feel like a lot of people can bash Adam Silver for bringing it back, but I don't think he had any other option. Like when else was he going to start? Like, I don't think it was a good idea to wait it out because as we've seen waiting out these type of, events during the COVID pandemic has never been a good sign with new things coming out. So I think to give the fans and players and owners and everyone involved a start date to already start playing and adjust on the fly was a better move than pushing it back. Another thing, these teams lost a ton of money from the um, break from uh, pretty much March to July, practically. Like they lost all this money, no fans and everything. And I think these teams, the NBA might have gone filed for bankruptcy in a sense if they didn't start soon enough and i know that not every uh, market is going to allow fans but at least there's going to be some fans coming back so i think the nba needs to slowly build that uh, revenue build back because people aren't talking about this but if they i don't think if they started now i think the cap in two or three years would completely plummet without a definite start to this season but it's still the cap is still going to be affected either way they already oh, no, so still much affected money. but yeah. I, if, if i don't think if they started at christmas or December 22nd, I think it would be even worse because that's if you look at some Christmas Day games have better ratings than the finals. Like Everyone's watching on Christmas. That's yeah, like that, the thing. If you get a Christmas Day game, you're prime time. Yeah, that. I mean, I think in a perfect world, which obviously we don't live in right now, it definitely seems really quick. It definitely seems rushed. Like I think it would have been better to push it back, but they obviously they can't really push it back because they got to get those Christmas games and they got to make that money. It's a huge, like, that's usually one of the, besides the, they're probably not going to have the All-Star game this year. So they needed those Christmas games. And also um, they wanted to try to avoid um, colliding with the Olympics because they want, they want Team USA to obviously be able to play and they don't want all the players to opt out. So that was also another reason why they had to start the season earlier. But uh, it does to me seem a bit rushed because we just, just in October, the season finished, but there was no other option. So I'm fine with the decision. And I think the NBA, obviously the players don't probably want to play this early, but it's what they had to do. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Especially some of the free agency. I think that was a huge effect on this. Even though there's not many guys on the market, the few guys that were looking for deals kind of got screwed in a sense because some of these guys didn't play one in the bubble. Like that really plummeted the uh, teams that were interested in them. So. Yeah, I mean, some teams like the Knicks or the Hawks, they haven't played since March. It's been eight months. Like they haven't. That's crazy. And they that's weren't a, good already. So why do yeah, we expect? <laughs> that's already so much time. But then you got teams like the Lakers who played two months ago. So it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see like how these different teams react. Plus, because, like barely any training camp. Yeah. Like, no summer yeah, practice. Like, no some, no uh, summer league. 
No, oh, not, not, I, it's a huge thing. Yeah, no summer league. Like, Imagine these rookies; their first chance in the NBA is going to exactly. be the real thing. It's, gonna it's be, not even going to be the summer league. It's going to be tough. I know, really tough for the rookies. I mean, I mean, yeah, we got the draft in four days. I mean, that that's crazy. I mean, this draft, it's. I feel like it's just been so prolonged now. It should have happened in June if this was a normal year. What what, what are your like thoughts on the NBA draft right now, CP? NBA draft is. To be honest, I, I kind of forgot it was happening until recently. Like, no one's been talking about it. Like, I see you see the things of, like, you don't even see the pre-draft workouts anymore. Like, I think this was, has to be one of the worst draft classes in recent memory in terms of talent and, like, hype and everything. Because the craziest thing is no one's – barely any people are talking about LaMelo Ball compared to, like, Lonzo Ball. Whoever thought that a Ball brother would have a quiet pre-draft thing? And I don't want to say it's quote-unquote quiet – because like he's still a ball brother, still people to be talking about him, but he's not on national TV every day like Lonzo was. I think and that's plus, good that no one's talking about Lamelo. No, probably it's good. Would, prob- probably wouldn't be anything good if people were talking about him. <laughs> and but the thing with uh, this year's draft is that there's really no other like who could you debate that could be the in terms of talent is up there with him. Like you've guys like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Killian Hayes, Cole Anthony, Obi Toppin. None of these guys were like transcending college basketball talents. Some of these guys didn't even play college basketball, or they were juniors that year. And I don't think it was like a good time for like people to get behind a certain player during March Madness because the draft went out so long. And I'm, I think that the draft, I think teams going to make a lot of mistakes in the draft for one reason. All this, all the time they've seen these guys have been in workouts. They haven't seen them playing so long. Some of these guys, who knows if they've been working or if they're just going off pre-draft interviews of how they make an impression. Like, I don't think – I think teams are going to have to really, really look at a lot of factors when they're deciding uh, who to pick this year because there's no, like, clear talent difference in the draft. Yeah, if I were an NBA team, I think this would be the draft where I would want to trade down just because I feel like it would be so much better to get proven assets in that are already in the league than to get like just one of these guys who no one really seems to have any confidence in that that's why if I'm a team like the Timberwolves who have the number one pick I mean I guess right now it's between Anthony Edwards he's he's the projected number one pick I'm not sure if he's going to go first but he seems to to be the projected number one pick I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to make that much of a different difference on the Timberwolves team they already drafted a guy similar to him Jared Culver like last year I don't think Anthony Edwards is gonna make a difference if I were the Timberwolves I would probably want to maybe trade that pick and Jared Culver to get just like a proven veteran to try to help their team with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Like I don't see any guys in this draft class that are going to make an immediate impact at all. Plus that, like you can make a case that the Timberwolves are good enough to win now. Like you have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm not saying that like they obviously proven kind of nothing. I mean, Cat's kind of proven nothing that he can win. D'Lo has proven he can win. But I feel like a team with that much talent should not be the number one pick. Like yeah, I think they I think crazy. they have a lot of issues in the Timberwolves. I don't trust them to make the right decision. Like what are they even if they draft Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards, who knows if they're just gonna be good just based on how poorly the organization is run. And I don't think putting a guard like that next to D'Angelo Russell would be a good thing, in my opinion. So if I were the Timberwolves, yeah, I would definitely trade down. If I were the Timberwolves, I would. Lo- There's been a lot of trade rumors with uh, Victor Oladipo lately. There's been some stuff he does. He's been asking teams he wants to go to their teams. Like it's been really weird. But if, in, in my dream scenario, I think Timberwolves trade Jared Culver and their number, their, the first pick, and maybe some other asset like Gorgie Dang on the team or something, and they get a guy like Victor Oladipo, who if he's not happy on the Pacers, I could really see that working on the Timberwolves because Victor Oladipo, he wouldn't have to be the first option. He could be the third option, arguably. 
now after his injury. And I think that 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 team with the three guys of Cat, D'Lo, and Victor Oladipo, I think that that would be a really great like team. I, I, I wouldn't be a great team, but in the West, I think they would be competitive. Because right now with D'Lo and Cat, I don't think they're competitive in the West. No, I agree with you. Plus, yeah, just the whole culture as a whole in Minnesota. The issue with like trading down in the draft is like there's really like you say the Timberwolves were going to trade for like the Knicks for example to say the Knicks they got the eighth pick like who else there's no one really at that spot that I think is just going to make that much of a difference anyway for some of these teams like James Wiseman for example like he was the number one player in high school in 2019 but he hasn't played in a game in over a year because he uh, I remember he had suspended for like nine games for take for breaking an NCAA violation then he just left Memphis like. How do you know how he's doing? Like, I don't, I don't trust these pre-draft workouts. The one thing I always have with these drafts are I never understand when teams take a big man in, like, the top three. Because we've seen for the past, what, five or six years, when's the last time a big man has come out of a draft and has been the best player? It's been Joel – it was Joel Embiid, 2014. That was the last time, and he's very, very injury-prone. Like, we've seen – we saw in, what, when DeAndre Aiden was drafted, he was, like, the chosen number one pick, but – Trey, Trey Young and Luka Doncic have been way better than him because it's a guard league now. You yeah. don't take – any day of the week, I would take a guard over a center. Yeah, no matter f- how talented James Wiseman may be, I'm taking a guy like Killian Hayes or Anthony Edwards over James Wiseman any day. Now, I agree with you. And plus, like, the big men that have been drafted recently, like uh, – what's his name? Carl Anthony Towns and Chris Haps-Brzingis. Like, these guys are so injury-prone. Like, you really mm-hmm. have to hit or miss on these guys. And plus with James Wiseman have not been playing that physical type of basketball for a while, I would not be surprised if he got injured his first day in the league. Yeah, you could argue D'Lo has been better, has been better than Cat. I mean, Cat's definitely the more talented player, but he just he's had really no success on the Timberwolves. Yeah. They've been they've had two number one picks and they haven't done anything. It's it's really frustrating. Yeah, kind of, kind of remarkable in a sense. But yeah, it, it th- really is. I think this draft though, as much as talent, I don't like. I think there's so many wild cards though. Like, so def- yeah, definitely. Like, just LaMelo Ball, I think he could flat-out play. Like, I don't think no one could take over a game as well as he can in this draft. But then you have guys like Cole Anthony, wild card. James Wiseman, wild card. Obi Toppin, wild card. I'm not so much on Killian Hayes or Anthony Edwards as a wild card, so I think we know what we're going to get with them. But the rest of these guys, like, they could – who knows? This could end up being one of the best draft classes or the worst. It's so – a lot of unknowns. Yeah, I want to go back to LaMelo Ball for a second because I know you have absolutely loved him ever since we've discovered the Ball brothers four years ago. And it kind of seems like a point where everyone was hating on LaMelo Ball. He wasn't going to be even a lottery pick at the beginning, which kind of seemed ridiculous. But then after, like, last season, um, it kind of seems like he was gaining steam. It kind of seems like he was going to be the first pick. Like, a few months ago, it really seems like he was going to be the first pick. But now that all these, like, pre-draft things are happening, he's not anyone's he's not in the top three for any really team. What it seems like, it seems like he's falling almost, which I don't know what happened because he's, he's definitely the biggest wild card to me. LaMelo ball, biggest wild card by far. No, easily is definitely the biggest wild card. I mean, I don't, I feel like we can quote these reports, quote unquote, but I've heard he's performed terribly in the interviews, which honestly doesn't surprise me because his, his dad comes down and says, I only want him on the Knicks or the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where he's getting all of his information from. Like, he probably – he might just be going in there slouching, doing nothing. So that could be a reason for the fall. But when you look at Lamelo Ball's game, though, like, he has the best handles. He's an insanely good shooter. He's six foot eight. He can chip out the gym. And I don't think anyone takes over a game offensively like he does. 
I think with LaMelo Ball, he would be a guy who, like, if we're talking about the Knicks, I feel like LaMelo Ball, if he went to the Knicks, the Knicks fans would completely tear him apart because I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be able to come in and be ready to perform at, like, a super high level right away. And Knicks fans, obviously, they don't like that. Like, he's not – but LaMelo Ball doesn't have the body to be, like, an NBA player right away. It's not like with Kristaps. Like, Kristaps was already – like a well-put-together player, but I think Lomelo, it's really going to take a few years for him to become a, a good player if he ever does. And so that's why I feel like Lomelo to the Knicks, while that's really intriguing, and I feel like obviously LeVar wants that to happen, Lomelo under the bright lights, I don't think that would be good for either party involved. I disagree, though. I think Lomelo Ball, he's been in the spotlight his whole life, though. Like, what, what makes it different now? I don't, I, I, he's been in the spotlight his whole life, but how – I mean – Look at him last year. Remember when we did the podcast almost a year ago called Will Mellow Ball Be the Number One Pick? Remember how good he was playing in Australia before he, he – or the injuries, though, could be a big thing. But before he got injured, he was averaging like 18 and 9 in the second-best league in the world, in my opinion. You're right. Like I he, mean, he did – he – in Australia, And the team was though, terrible. Was, and then he, he scared them. He was a complete ball hog in Australia. He didn't pass. The team didn't really like him. Um, but well, he, he owns the team now, so – I guess, yeah. He was he was good, but I, I don't think he, – he was such a ball hog on that team that he was basically, like, had to leave the team early, like, in the middle of the season. And I just don't – and I just feel like in the NBA, it's just going to be such a difference because I just feel like he's he's almost like a child in League of Men. That's what it looks like to me. Even though he's 6'8", I just – I feel like I don't I don't see him being effective right away. I think he could be a good player for a few years to come, but I feel like in a team, an organization like the Knicks where they've been bad for so, so long – they had to throw that in there. Fans really want a player who's going to be able to produce soon. No, that's a fair point, but I, I don't, I can't see him not producing. I think he's really, really good. Like just his overall game. I think, I think he, he'd be so excited to play for the Knicks. I think Knicks fans would embrace him at first, but then you're right. If he plays, if he has one bad game, he'll get shredded, but he's just so used to this. I don't see why he would just all of a sudden not be able to handle it. That's yeah, my I mean, thing. I, he, he might be able to. He might, I just don't think – it's not that he, I don't think he wouldn't be able to handle it. I just – I don't know if the talent's all there. I guess that's where I'm at. It's interesting. Right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's with the draft. I mean, a lot of interesting storylines heading into there. But then with the draft, obviously, comes a bunch of trades. And this free agency, as I said, six days from now. And a few days ago, two days ago, actually, biggest storyline in a while, which really – I don't know. Neither of us should have been surprised – about this at all, but Russell Westbrook requested trade. And when I saw that, I was like, that I'm not surprised because yeah, it's, laughable. it's just, it's, it is laughable. <laughs> it's hilarious actually, because Westbrook's like requesting trade as if any team's actually going to want him, but I don't know what team in the right mind would trade anything for him, honestly. So that that's where I'm at right now. Where are you at? I agree with you a hundred percent. And not only is, would any team just not want to play with him from that perspective? He has his contract. He's owed like $45 million. It's ridiculous. The worst contract it's, in the league right now, by far. Yeah. It, it, I would put it up there with the Joakim Noah contract, honestly. Because yeah. Russell Westbrook, even though he puts up like really good stats, he cannot win for his life. It's, it's honestly kind of incredible if you really look at it. And plus, what the teams such as the Knicks were considering giving up for him, 
like the eighth pick, Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett, or one of the two, plus all this cap room they have to absorb. Why would a player like Russell Westbrook want to go to the Knicks for stuff? Why would the Knicks want him? I don't care that the Knicks need some some uh, win now players just to like, help push the culture to eventually attract free agents. But he could be probably the worst win now player for a franchise like that. And second of all, he has like the shortest list ever. It was oh god, I can't, the other team is slipping me, but it was like Clippers, the Knicks, Hornets. Clippers. Okay, the Clippers. Who could the Clippers trade for? I think Chris Paul, uh, not um, Paul Russell George. Westbrook on the Clippers would be horrible. I don't. I can't even. Paul George on the Rockets. I think would be the worst thing. Also, like I don't think there's any right trade scenario for Russell Westbrook. Honestly, here's where I'm at with Russell Westbrook. Given the teams that we've heard, if you went to the, I think obviously there's some interest with the Knicks. If I had to make a final prediction right now, I would say he does end up getting traded to the Knicks, and here's why. There's no other scenario I see happening. And I think just think the Knicks are Dolan is hungry enough, he's stupid enough to want a player that he can just promote a win now culture because the Knicks haven't had anything for so they haven't had that player that has been their face of the franchise since Carmelo. Well, that's been four years from now. They, they the Knicks need someone. I'm not saying I don't agree with this. I don't think the Knicks should trade for Westbrook under any circumstances. I just think this is what's going to happen. Dolan wants a star player. He's going to say, all right. I mean, what do we have in Mitchell Robinson? Has he really shown anything like that shows he's untouchable? Like R.J. Barrett, I think R.J. Barrett would be a good player, but I think Dolan's going to say, eh, maybe maybe we can get Westbrook for him, and why, why shouldn't we do that? So I think that if I had to pick, that's what's going to happen. Westbrook is going to end up on the Knicks. I think it's an awful move. This is what's going to happen. Westbrook's going to end up on the Knicks, and the Knicks are going to be probably the eighth seed for the next two, year, two or three years and get swept every single year. That's what's going to happen. The only positive I could see now from Russell Westbrook being on the Knicks is that if they're able to win some games, he's able to attract some players for the future. The yeah, except only... no one wants to play with Westbrook. KD left the him, only... and now he's no. leaving Harden. I know. I'm just I'm saying that the only possible way is like <laughs> say if like he wins and next year with say they trade Mitch Robinson. I I've less I've more hope they'll they'll trade Mitch Robinson than RJ Barrett. So say RJ Barrett and and Russell Westbrook play well and make the eight seed. With, uh, I mean, I don't even want to say Kevin Knox, but some other guys on the team. But I think if Russell Westbrook could somehow manage to bring to make the Knicks attractable because of RJ Barrett, then that could be the only positive. But I don't even see that happening. I just think he just, I think he can't bet on that. Cannot bet on that. I think I remember I saw a thing about. Um, I think the Knicks did everything in their right way to make sure RJ Barrett was not helped the least. They signed five five million power forwards. They no shooting around him. Like he had to become like a primary ball handler, and he's not the best three point shooter, not the worst. Coaching change, yeah, exactly. It was it's like I'll give you an example. Mark Cuban and the Mavericks did everything they can to help Luka Doncic, literally everything they possibly could. They got rid of everybody. Then the Knicks added people. Like I don't understand that. The front office, I guess it's a new one, but I I don't think it would have been good anyway. But yeah, I get your point. No, but. He, if he was on the Knicks, I don't think he'd be as good. If Luke was on the Knicks, I think he'd probably demand a trade right away because he would see the nonsense that's been going on. Yeah, he, I'm he just knows saying, he's like, he's a generational player. Yeah, and I know what you're saying though. I think Westbrook. I mean, to the Knicks, I feel like that that'd just be awful. Like I, that that would that would be so painful. I would feel bad for him. I feel bad for the Knicks. I feel bad for you, Knicks fans. And so, but I think that's what's going to happen. Obviously. There's other rumors. The Clippers, I don't see how that would happen. I don't know why the Clippers would ever trade Paul George for Russell Westbrook. That'd probably be the worst thing they could do. The only way I see that working is if the Clippers can somehow 
get Westbrook without trading Paul George. I don't know how it'll be possible money wise, but um, I think we have to like a sign and trade. I yeah, I don't even they I don't even know how that would happen. I think they there's no one on the Clippers they could trade to the the Rockets want a good player back. The Clippers have no one to give back if they're not giving up Paul George. But I think the only way Westbrook is effective from now on to the end of his career is as a third option. On as, as a second as a second option, no team is going to win a championship with Westbrook as, as a second option. We saw that this year yeah. on the Rockets. He needs to be the third option, and that's not going to happen. Westbrook's going to end up being the first option for either either for the Knicks or the Hornets or something. Because obviously we have we know the Michael Jordan connection with the Hornets, MJ. He loves Westbrook. I hope he goes there for his for his, like Westbrook's part of his the Jordan brand. I think so that yeah. could happen. But it's not like the Hornets again. They'll be the worst eighth seed ever and get swept every single year. <laughs> The Hornets, they had Kemba Walker, and they were still the eighth seed. And then Kemba left, and they're still the eighth seed. Like, nothing, nothing's going to change in Charlotte. So, wherever Westbrook goes, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see a good landing spot. Neither do I. I say the best spot is to stay where he's at or retire. <laughs> retire. <laughs> see, staying where he's at, I mean, I don't even uh, – talk about – there was so much hype for him in Houston. I thought, I thought they, like – I thought people were saying they liked each other. Then all of a sudden, they hate each other. Like, he's such, like, a well, – I, I think remember, Westbrook has to be, like, the weirdest player in NBA history. So Harden weird. supposedly went to – this was, like, a year and a half ago. Harden went to the front office and was like, okay, we, I, want, I want to play with Westbrook. I don't like Chris Paul. I want to play with Westbrook. And then when this trade happens – like it was just it was a really weird trade because at the time people were like, all right, the Rockets are upgrading, they're getting a better player, but really they downgraded by a lot by getting Westbrook. Yeah. Now we know Chris Paul obviously three years older, but he's still a much much better player and a much better leader. Chris Paul is. If the Knicks could trade for Chris Paul, I would absolutely love that. I think he would help RJ Barrett so much. I think he could actually attract free agents to the Knicks. And I think that by the contrary, would the you Knicks give up RJ for? Should- no, I would not give up RJ for Chris Paul. Would you give but up, the, give eighth, up. the eighth pick, Mitchell Robinson? Yes. Julius Randle? The eighth pick, Mitchell Robinson? Yes. No, oh, Julius Randle on a second. He's, Julius Randle's well, a, you'd have to give him up. He might be the, the worst contract contracts. in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And who else? I don't know how the contract would work out, but we'd get someone else back for it. But I think Chris Paul would be outstanding for the Knicks. Like, he literally just – the I Thunder agree. team. I, I could take Chris Paul off that Thunder team. They're as good as the Knicks. If not like, – they're think, not that much better. Chris Paul, at this point, that's the best, most realistic thing that the Knicks – it's the best realistic good thing that the Knicks can do in the next year. Because they're not getting any free agents. In the Chris Paul trade, there seems to be a lot of mutual interest between the two. Chris Paul likes New York. And I could definitely see Chris Paul getting traded to New York and then Carmelo Anthony coming back. Because Carmelo Anthony, as we've seen, he's not – obviously, he's not what he once was in New York. But he's not an awful player. Like he'd be the he probably be the second option if he came back, which is which isn't good by no means. But it's it's I could see the Knicks being com- competitive in the East, maybe like the seventh or eighth seed. Definitely better than they would be with Westbrook, though. If Carmelo would come back, are you saying if Chris Paul joined the Knicks or just yeah? If Carmelo, Carmelo would only come back, I think, if Chris Paul was traded to the Knicks. I think if Melo can do do what he did with the Blazers on the Knicks, if he were to come back with Chris Paul and RJ Barrett, I'd really like that. Be the third option. Third option. Interesting. Like, he yeah. really actually was pretty effective. He killed the Lakers in the playoffs. And he actually – he finally yeah, killed, played – I think that's a bit of a stretch. He, he, was, yeah, he was solid. A he, was very solid. Effect, he was very effective. He was solid. He's but effective. He, he we'll looked, agree to disagree. He's effective. But he, looked, he looked slow. He, he still he, – He wasn't looked, missing his shot. He finally did what I think people have been asking him to do forever. He, he was – 
he helped them out when they didn't have a lot of scoring options. CJ McCollum was really hurting. Dame was hurt the last few games. He kind of fell, completely fell off towards the end of the series. But at the beginning of it, he was, he was, he was serviceable. He was the solid three option. I don't think Melo would be able to keep that up throughout an entire season by no means. But I still think he's a serviceable NBA player who could potentially start for a team. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I think going back, if we want to continue with this, this trade talk, Westbrook gets traded from the Rockets. That leaves James Harden on the Rockets. What do the Rockets do now with James Harden? I don't, I don't, I don't know have what an they answer. do. Right? I've, the Rockets are in such a bad spot, honestly, in my opinion. Because the, the GM, I thought, was one of the best in the league. Darren Murray just left. Like, I don't trust these guys to make all these decisions now. Like, James Harden is such a, such a tool to play with, guys in the NBA, I think. Like, he's, he's so high maintenance, as a lot of, like, Colin Coward says like that. Like, he's really, really hard to play at a market, and he hasn't been able to show that he can win. And plus, he just lost his Mike D'Antoni, who honestly was the most effective coach for James Harden. So, I don't oh. know what, to do, what they do. I think that the, the only, only option to me is to trade him which, at this point. Yeah, but to who? That's that's my. This is what I would do. The Rocket. If James Harden wants to win a championship, he has to leave the Rockets because they are. He already. He almost got there with Chris Paul. It didn't happen. Didn't really get. Kind of got close with Russell Westbrook, but didn't happen. Now he has no two two guy. They're not going to be able to get a second star by trading Russell Westbrook. That's just not possible. Westbrook isn't good enough. He doesn't have the, that trade value. So if if the Rockets. If James Harden wants to win a championship, I think this is my perfect dream scenario. James Harden gets traded to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. That's my dream scenario. I I, I remember I, we, I even said that last year, that'd be like a cool trade, like out of the blue. That, that'd just be amazing because I think James Harden and, and Joel Embiid together on the Sixers, I think they challenge the Nets for the best team in the East. I really do. I think that team would be that good. And Ben Simmons... Letting him let let him loose on the Rockets, surrounds him with all those shooters. I think we could really see what Ben Simmons' full potential is because we're not seeing Ben Simmons' full potential on the Sixers right now with um, Joel Embiid as his teammate. No, I agree with you, hundred percent. But would the Rockets want to do that though? Like I I saw that trade scenario for basically James, James Harden for Ben Simmons, and the Rockets were like, "Hell no, we're not doing that." I doubt it. I doubt they do that because the, James Harden is all they have. It's all they've ever had for the past 10 years. I, I don't see them doing that. At least this year, I don't see them doing that. No. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the Sixers would definitely rival the Nets as the best team. Yeah. It's, I may even go far as to say is I think the, as a regular season team, for sure the Bucs will probably be the number one seed. But I think the Eastern Conference is wide open next year. Eastern Conference, I mean – I'm going to – Not wide open. That's not a good way to say it. I think that there's no – I would not bet on the Nets or the Bucks. I would – Nets are the favorites for me going into the next season in the East. Uh, I just think pure talent-wise they have they, – they really Well, obviously, Ke- Kevin Durant, obviously, but I, I don't trust Kyrie Irving anymore. He's proven to be, like, one of the most least – what's the right word? Least um, – Reliable. Reliable, yeah. One of the least reliable players in the whole league, practically. I don't like, trust I him either, but I think, I think with Kevin Durant and Steve Nash and all these guys around him, all, all of them rallying around him, I think they can get Kyrie to focus up and not cause too Steve much Nash. Steve Nash is one of the best point guards of all time in Super Smart Basketball Live, but he's never been a head coach. I, I think St- I wasn't crazy about the hire at first, but I really, really respect him, and I really think he's going to be able to 
get rid of all the drama on this team. I think that was a definitely a good hire for that. I don't think Kenny Atkinson, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in him controlling Kyrie. Steve Nash, a proven Hall of Fame point guard, someone Kyrie has obviously looked up to, someone Kyrie obviously really likes because he approved of the hire. I think it's way more likely Steve Nash is going to be able to control Kyrie. I don't have 100% confidence in that, but I definitely think it's way more likely now. I think if LeBron James couldn't control Kyrie, I don't trust Steve Nash to control Kyrie. That's I mean, he was, able to, he was able to control him enough to win a championship. That's all that matters. Yeah, then he forced a trade out of there. If we win a championship and Kyrie wants to force a trade, I'm fine with that. There's only one goal in the NBA, and it's to win the championship. I still, I wouldn't even, I don't even think the Nets are like my top three. I'd still pick the Clippers over that for the NBA championship next year. I'd pick the Lakers 100% over them. And if, I, I don't do, think if, I'd put the, if we're doing this right now, my actual finals prediction is Lakers versus Nets next year. That's my prediction. I don't know if I have a prediction yet. Clippers could be. You could, you could say Clippers be better than the Nets. It doesn't matter. If the Lakers are better than the Clippers, then it's Clippers-Nets. Sure, you're right. I mean, yeah, I definitely like the next, Nets for next season, though. I mean, As they, a championship, you think they're better than the Lakers? No, but I like their chances. If the, say the Lakers trade for DeMar, or sign DeMar DeRozan, whatever. He's... Right now, head, um, head-to-head, I, I still like the Lakers more than the Nets. Okay. I think... Yeah, I like. I definitely really like the Lakers' chances of repeating. I I definitely think they are the favorite. Every, every, it's foolish how no one thought they were the favorite this this entire season. That, exactly. That made no sense. I still think they're going to be here. I think their 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 regular season is definitely not going to be as good. I think LeBron is. We've seen him take it light in the regular season before. He's really going to take it light this season because he's. He needs another championship. He's he's going to take it light in the regular season though. He just played two months ago in a finals. I think for the first three months we're gonna see him like taking back to backs off. It's gonna we're gonna see some Kawhi Leonard's in there. He's gonna he's not gonna be trying that hard on defense. We're I think we're gonna see that, and it's respectable. I mean, the man needs his rest. Yeah, no, you're right, hundred percent. Um, Anthony Davis, though, I think he might step up to his new levels. Gonna have to. And Anthony yeah. Davis, I think he's a dark horse for the MVP. In my opinion. Really? Yes. Dark Anthony Davis. I mean, that that's interesting. I think. If I mean, I, if LeBron's taking all these games off, which we know he's going to, or maybe not be at his highest point, and if he's wrong, like, if we're wrong about this, I'd be shocked. Anthony Davis, like, he, the Lakers are going to be, still be one of the best teams in the league. He, say he's averaging 29 points and 11 rebounds or 12 rebounds, playing amazing defense on the best team. I don't know how he couldn't be considered one of the MVP candidates. Yeah. I mean, unless, it's, unless Kawhi Leonard just, like, unless the Clippers win, like, every single game next, like, 60 games – next year then i think it's gonna be really unlikely my top four mvp guys next year i don't know i haven't i'm not gonna make a final prediction right now i think that could be a whole separate thing that we do um, if, if i choose top four right now it's kevin durant Giannis, ad and luca those are my top four i don't think lebron is in the top four because i really i really truly believe he's not gonna perform at the level we used to him seeing at the beginning of the season i just really don't and that's not a bad thing he needs his rest and I think, I, obviously, I still think the Lakers are the finals favorites, and I think we'll see LeBron is still the best player in the playoffs. But regular season MVP, I don't think LeBron's in the top four this year. I agree with you. I'd say he could definitely be at that level. I don't think Giannis is going to win it again. I don't think there's any chance. But I um, just think, I mean, the Bucks are always a great regular Luka, season. Luka team. has to That's be up there. It, I feel like it depends how many games the Mavericks win. Like, I think it's proven now that you don't need to be a one or two seed 
But like I'd say if they're like a five seed, I feel that might be a little bit of a no. stretch. Yeah, they need to be top three. Top three, yeah. Top I three. think the other teams are just gonna be too much or that much better. So Yeah, I agree. Um so yeah, a lot of a lot of good, like interesting stuff coming up with this NBA season. And we're I'm so excited to just really yeah. watch and Embrace see what it happens. All in. Embrace it all. Just be happy it's happening. A few yeah. months ago, who knows what, what would have possibly happened, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this this week, this episode today. I mean, it was a lot of fun talking to you, CP. Yeah, it was a great talk, Jack. All right. Thank you for listening. Time out, signing off.